0: So Christmas is coming, we've got these Christmas trees, we've got the Advent candles, Uh, we are getting ready for Christmas and today, um, as we've already said, is the first Sunday of Advent, it marks the celebration, the start of our celebration of the coming of Jesus into the world. Before I say anything else though, I felt it was really important to start with a joke, Mm-hmm. And this one will test your Bible knowledge. Not seriously. Um, so, here's the, here's the joke. It's a terrible one. What did Adam say on the day before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's a great one, isn't it? Do you know? Did you get that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You get that? Yeah. Good. Okay, that's a a real Christmas cracker joke, isn't it? Do you know, Adam, in the joke at least, Adam knew that Christmas was coming. You can't find that in your Bibles, but anyway, um, it helps with my introduction to say that. Um, Do you know, the majority of the population of first century Israel had no idea that the Messiah was about to be born. They hadn't had a true prophet for around 400 years. The Messiah's coming was long predicted, but it was not imminently expected. And for most Israelites, these were dark times. They'd been living under Roman occupations since 37 BC, and they longed for political freedom. And their only hope was for a Messiah who would win political freedom and independence as a nation. They did not expect the Messiah to be born in such humble (coughs) conditions, such humble circumstances. And just as the people in first century Israel were ignorant of the Messiah's advent, so too the people of 21st century Britain. We fail to understand the significance of the birth of Jesus. Yes, we have all the razzmatazz, all the lovely traditions of the Christmas season. But we fail, I believe, to really understand the true significance of the birth of Jesus. Which is why today I'm preaching on the Incarnation and we're reading the Gospel accounts. We're going to be looking at the scriptures and reading the scriptures together. But first of all, this word incarnation, what does that word mean? Here we have a couple of dictionary definitions. Incarnation, noun, God's coming to earth in human form as Jesus Christ. And incarnation, noun, the act of embodying in flesh, especially of Christ. Notice that those are dictionary definitions. Uh, they don't come from the Bible, but actually they describe exactly what that word means. The word, in fact, comes from the Latin, and it means embodiment in human flesh. God took flesh. He was incarnated and was born as a baby, Jesus. Jesus. And so here's a key scripture from the prologue to John's Gospel. John 1 and verse 14. The Word, that's Jesus, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Here's how other versions of the Bible describe that incarnation truth. The New Living Translation. The Word became human and lived here on earth among us. The message. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. I like that one. In a moment we'll look at the two Gospel accounts of the incarnation. God's coming to earth in human form as Jesus Christ. But first of all... I want to refer to the Alpha Course, which some of us have been doing this term. Did you know that the stated purpose of Alpha, and I know that many of you have done the Alpha Course, but the stated purpose is to help to bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the course focuses from the start on Jesus who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? Why Jesus? And the reason for majoring on the person of Jesus Christ is this, he is the one sent into the world by the Father to restore the broken relationship between God and man. And as we often say, it's all about relationship not religion. An understanding of the Incarnation gives us revelation about the Christian faith, it shows us the extent of God's love for us, and it shows us that God desires a relationship with his people. He longs to be involved in our everyday lives, in our everyday activities, in our relationships. The incarnation was God's plan and purpose from the very beginning of time. Jesus was born on purpose to bring us into relationship with God. God is a God of relationship. He relates to people in a garden. He relates to people in a burning bush, in a human baby, and he relates to us by his Holy Spirit. And the incarnation is God's way of revealing himself to us and restoring a broken relationship. We're going to read a couple of scriptures now, uh, and they describe the incarnation. And, you know, I'd love you, as well as sort of reading them up here on the screen, I'd love you to read them in your Bible. Okay, just so that you know where it is and you can check out that this is what the scriptures say. So the first one um, is in Luke chapter 1. Uh, You'll find it on page 1026 in most of the church Bibles. Um, Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38 and I've asked Amy to come and read this one to us. OK And uh, just before Amy reads, just want to explain this. Luke, who is the author of this gospel, he's a medical doctor, and he begins his account by explaining that he has carefully investigated everything, and that he wants to write an orderly account. So here is his orderly account. Thank you.:
1: The birth of Jesus foretold. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled, to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her.
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much. So there we have it. Uh, If we can go back to the previous um, screen, those those two readings have got the the essence of the incarnation story. Uh, Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38 speaks of the conception of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. God became flesh. Uh, And Peter's going to read... Uh, From John chapter 1, you'll find that on page 1063. And here we have this majestic account of the incarnation, which you'll see echoes the opening phrase from the book of Genesis. In the beginning, Jesus, the word, the one who is God, becomes man and makes his
2: dwelling among us. Thank you. Thank you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was made. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing that has been made. In him there was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that all through him might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and the only Son, who came from His Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about, <clears throat> when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he has come before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made himself known.
0: Thank you Peter. (coughs) So what do these scriptures tell us? Do you know, what we understand and what we believe about the Incarnation derives in the first place from what Mary and Joseph were told as the angel Gabriel appears to them individually. First of all, Mary, uh, we've just read from Luke's gospel, the angel says this to her, you will conceive uh, and you will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus and he will be very great and he'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Here are the words of the angel uh, to Mary. In Matthew's Gospel, the angel appears to Joseph Joseph has just heard the shocking news of Mary's pregnancy and the angel appears to him in a dream. Tells him that the child within Mary has been conceived by the Holy Spirit and that he will be named Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And Matthew adds he will be called Emmanuel. God is with us. I love these Gospel accounts of the Nativity. There's always a danger that we become so familiar with these readings that we lose the sense of wonder at this miraculous intervention in history. And I encourage you this Christmas to reread the incarnation story. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you new revelation. New revelation of the truth and the significance of these scriptures. They insist that the baby to be born is the Son of the Most High. He's the Son of God. He will save his people from their sins. He is Saviour. He's Messiah. He is Lord and King. And I believe we can ask the Holy Spirit to give new revelation of all that God has done. All that God has done for you and me. A new appreciation of the magnitude of God's purpose in the incarnation. This is Jesus. He's the Son of the Most High. He's the Son of God and he will save his people from their sins. Let's ask for a new appreciation of the magnitude of God's purpose. Here's how three writers have attempted to describe the indescribable. First of all, Charles Wesley. Our God contracted to a span incomprehensibly made man. You know what a span is? That is my span. Our God contracted to a span. That's small, Incomprehensibly made man. C.S. Lewis, God has landed on this enemy-occupied world in human form. And Eugene Peterson, the arrival of Jesus signalled the beginning of a new era. God entered history in a personal way and made it unmistakably clear that he is on our side, doing everything possible to save us. We've looked at the incarnation according to Luke and Matthew. Let's look at John's magnificent prologue to his gospel, his majestic theology. In the beginning. He's describing the advent of Jesus, the one he calls the Word, the one who has created all things and who now takes on human form. There at the beginning of time, yet born as a baby in Bethlehem. Wonder of the incarnation. Verse 1. The word was with God and he was God. The word became human and lived here on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. In Jesus, God is incarnated. The infinite becomes an infant. Lo, within a manger lies he who built the starry skies. And the significance for us, John writes in in verse 12, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is what is on offer, a new relationship with God. What a promise, that is. I've got two more incarnation quotes here. First one's from the writer Ruth Valerio and the second's from the writer Max Lucado. The ultimate being, the unknowable and unimaginable one, has emptied himself in order to become one of us, a part of his creation. The omnipotent in one instant became flesh and blood. The one who was larger than the universe became a microscopic embryo. God has come near. One of the great things about the Alpha Course is seeing people grapple with important questions. And there's been a lot of um, asking, seeking and knocking Uh, Over the last few months, as Alpha guests travel on their faith journey. And there are some big questions here as well. Why the incarnation? Why was Jesus born? Why did God do this? Why did God send His Son to this earth to spend nine months in the womb to experience human birth? and then to grow up as a boy in humble circumstances in a backwater of the Roman Empire, living most of his short life in relative obscurity. Until at the age of 30, he was publicly declared as son of God, spending some three years teaching, healing and proclaiming the word of God, the kingdom of God. Why did his life end with the cruelest of executions? And then a spectacular resurrection. Why? Why the incarnation? John provides the answer in his gospel. This is in John chapter 3 and verse 16. It's often described as the gospel in a nutshell. John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that... Everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's all about God's love, his rescue plan for the human race. God's longing to see that broken relationship between himself and human beings totally restored. And that was only made possible as God sent his one and only son Jesus to pay the price, to take the punishment for all the wrong things that we've done that have separated us from God, that have broken that relationship. As we ask for and receive the forgiveness that God offers us through the sacrifice of Jesus, his incarnate son, we are reconciled to him. The broken relationship is restored we are welcomed back as sons and daughters of Father God. The God who loves us so much that he gave his only son. Here's another big question. What what is your response to the incarnation? And while you're thinking about your answer... Here are some more incarnation quotes. First one's from uh, J. John. And yeah, here it is. God didn't become bigger to impress us, He became smaller to attract us. I like that. And and the second one's from um, one of my granddaughters at the age of God must have been so small when he came down at Christmas. When we die, we'll see how big he is. (laughs) (laughs) Incarnation choices. As I thought about the central characters in the nativity story, I realised that we... We and they all have to make choices. Think about it, Mary chose to submit. Joseph chose to listen and to obey. The shepherds chose to welcome and the wise men chose to worship. Let's look at these one by one. First of all, the choice to submit. Here are Mary's words in Luke chapter one. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. Mary was willing to carry the Christ child, to bear the Son of God. She chose to submit to God's purposes. Her response is one of faith and obedience, of humility and courage. Her song of praise, the Magnificat, rejoices in God my Saviour. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. So Mary's response is willing acceptance. She chose to believe and to submit. Mary surrendered herself to the will of God. And Jesus was conceived and born. Let's ask ourselves. Am I prepared to believe and submit? Saying yes to Jesus requires faith, obedience, humility and courage. The choice to submit. Secondly the choice to listen. Matthew chapter 1 verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. Do you know, um, Joseph must have been in a great dilemma when he learnt that Mary was pregnant, knowing that he, Joseph, was not the father of the child. And he'd already decided to break off the engagement quietly when an angel of the Lord gave, came to him in a dream, assuring him that Mary's child had been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph listened and he got it. Some of us, especially us men, aren't too good at listening. Oh, come on. I have this ability, this. Very great ability to look as though I'm listening intently, but actually I am miles away. Uh, and I'm only, I'm only, it's only discovered when somebody says, What was I just saying? or What's your response to that? I'm just, I have to say, I'm sorry, can you repeat what you were just saying? And do you know, it can be exactly the same with listening to the Lord. Yet God speaks to you and to me in so many different ways. I believe he's been speaking to you already today. Maybe through the worship, that wonderful time of worship we had. Maybe through the the word that aid brought just a little bit earlier about our relationships. Maybe through a chance dream or encounter that you've had. Maybe through just a a few words that you've read in the Bible or have been read to you today. God speaks to us. Let's ask, am I listening to the voice of God? Am I receptive to all that the Holy Spirit is doing in my life and has been doing over the last weeks? Joseph, he chose to listen and to obey. And his obedience meant that he was privileged to attend the birth and to protect mother and child. The choice to listen and to obey. Thirdly, the choice to welcome, to welcome Jesus. Luke 2. The shepherds said to each other, come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened. I think they probably said it a bit like that. Okay. And we read that they ran to find Jesus and they told everyone what had happened and they glorified and they praised God. Here is a bunch of tough, no nonsense shepherds, not given to seeing angels, Not given to hearing messages of good news and salvation around the campfire. And they chose to run and see for themselves. To welcome the Saviour, Christ the Lord. To accept this good news. To worship. Let's ask, am I ready to run and see for myself? To accept this amazing good news. To welcome Jesus. The shepherds chose to welcome Jesus. And I reckon that their decision to see for themselves must have changed their lives forever. And fourthly, the choice to worship. Matthew 2. The Magi saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. These wise men had had a long journey following the star. They chose to look for Jesus. They chose to worship him. Let's ask, am I ready to worship? Am I ready to bring my gifts to Jesus this Christmas? Choices, choices. The story of Jesus' birth, the incarnation, presents us with choices. To submit, to listen, to welcome, To worship, we can choose to submit to God, to believe, or to go our own way. We can choose to listen to His voice, to obey God, or ignore Him and turn our back on Him. We can choose to welcome Jesus or dismiss Him. We can choose to look for Jesus and then to worship Him, to offer Him. Our gifts or decide not to make that journey of faith God comes to us in the person of his son Jesus and Jesus arrives as Savior Messiah and King the word made flesh Joshua the Old Testament leader who took God's people into the promised land challenged everyone with these words Choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The incarnation is the pivotal point in world history. And we cannot ignore it. We cannot be ambivalent in our attitude to Jesus. His incarnation demands a response. Choose to follow Jesus. Say yes to him today. He promises this to all who receive him, who believe in his name. He gives the right to become children of God. That's a wonderful promise to every single one of us who receive him and who believe in his name. The right to become a child of God. We'll be praying a prayer in a moment and celebrating communion. It may be your opportunity this Christmas time to welcome Jesus or to welcome him back. Make that choice. The fact is, the Jesus who was born in a stable, the Jesus who lived here on earth never forced himself on anyone and he doesn't do so now. It's your choice. We choose to say yes to him. We choose to accept him. What a great time to welcome Jesus as we celebrate the incarnation. Why don't we stand as we pray together? (coughs) And if you would like to make that choice to follow Jesus, to say yes to Jesus, then why don't you make this your prayer? You can simply echo these words as I pray. Your prayer to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you were born into this world as a human baby. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you came to rescue me. Yes, Lord. You came to forgive me. You were born to die so that I may live. And I praise you for the incarnation. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you, Jesus, that you were born here on earth, that you died on the cross to forgive me and to cleanse me, and to give me new life. I put my trust in your birth, your life, your death and resurrection. My complete trust, my confidence in you, Jesus. In your love, in all that you have done for me. I choose to submit to you. I choose to listen to your voice and to obey you. I welcome you into my heart. I worship you with all of my heart. Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to do something very brave. I want you to stay standing as a way of declaring your newfound faith in Jesus. Maybe you've prayed that prayer for the very first time or maybe you've prayed that prayer as a way of recommitting your life to Jesus. If so, I'd like you to stay standing and I'm gonna ask everybody else to sit down This may be the point at which everybody sits down, but if you would like to just pray that prayer to to acknowledge your desire to carry on walking with Jesus, uh, your desire to declare that you are now a follower of Jesus, please stand. And I just want to pray another prayer over those of you who are standing and maybe some of you will want to, to stand as I'm praying, just as a way of saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. These are life changing choices.
1: Yeah. If Amen. Amen.
0: And if you've prayed that prayer, if you've made it your own, then do come first of all to receive bread and wine as a brand new follower of Jesus today. Lord Jesus, thank you for those who are standing here in your presence who are acknowledging their desire to follow you, their desire to make you Lord and King. Thank you, Father God, that just as you conceived your very own life in Mary, so right now you conceive new life, eternal life. God's life in each person here today. Thank you for that that new life that we have in Jesus. We're going to listen to a song, a new song by Graham Kendrick uh, called Adore. We're going to listen to that while we continue to make our response to the Incarnation. Let's continue to stand, to sit in God's presence and to thank him for the new life, the restored relationship that each one of us has with Father God. To thank him that we are children of God.